I don't feel like I can comment more without like, you know, this podcast getting kicked out of iTunes. No, no, no. Yeah, the shit's getting kinky up in here, and it's great. <laughs> so that's what I was trying to avoid saying. Why? Because they didn't want to get you kicked out of iTunes. They won't kick me out. Who knows? No, they won't kick me out. Um, sex, 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 sex. <laughs> and that's how the podcast got kicked out of iTunes. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, mindset coach, actor, and truth teller extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought to help you face your fears, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 121 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, and today I have my husband, Kevin, on with me once again for our final episode, final episode (laughs) of the Let's Talk Polyamory series. This is, I think, the fourth one that we've officially done on this, um, outside of the ones where we, I came out separately and then we came on and talked about it together, episodes 101 and 105, Um, and I'm really excited about today's topic. Um, Last week we were talking all about um, fear of abandonment and fear of replacement and it was a really heavy one and halfway through we were like we've been talking about you know jealousy and um, what was the second one that we talked about? Was it jealousy and then oh perception perception and fear of abandonment? Yeah and it's like all of these could be perceived as quite negative things you know that you have to navigate and these are all things that you navigate in your day-to-day life anyways I think Polly just tends to heighten them um but they were a lot of your questions because a lot of you are you know those are the things that you're struggling with and it makes sense those are the big things that I think we also struggled with individually and together um and so we thought how nice would it be to round this out with doing that all again (laughs) no Uh, no, with talking about the things that um polyamory has given us in a, in a really positive sense um our lives maybe together individually whatever comes up and um because a lot of you have also been curious about what that has been so yeah we're gonna do that today you ready yeah do you want to start or do you want me to no. we, i figure we could just like go back and forth and share no why don't you go first it's okay. your podcast <laughs> okay um i think the first thing that comes to mind for me is Polly has been such a gift for me in terms of my sexuality. I mean, it was stepping into polyamory was really rooted for me in exploring my sexuality because I didn't acknowledge to myself that I was bi until I was 28. And by that point, I had been exclusively in monogamous um, relationships and I was, you know, and am married to a man and had never really had any experiences with women. Um, and had never given myself permission to explore that. Um, and I realized that that was something that was really holding me back in terms of feeling like I was um, embodying my full self. And so Polly has been a really beautiful avenue to be able to explore um, that side of myself that I had never really had the opportunity to explore before. Um, and I'm really grateful for that for me. This whole time I was sitting here listening to you, not thinking about what my thing would be. Um, now you got to come up with one on, on the, the spot. spot. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, I think it's really been uh, a conduit 
um, and I, I'm using that awkward word somewhat intentionally, uh, to like rediscovering being in touch with my feelings. Mm. Like there, there's so much of this um, lifestyle, I suppose, is a good word, uh, that involves understanding yourself and your feelings and empathizing with others. And I think a lot of my life, uh, I had lived not like being in touch with my own. Like I think I've, I've always been pretty empathic and understood other people's feelings. Yeah. Um, maybe even taking them on to some degree, but it um, it wasn't something where I was particularly in touch with my own. And I think I was really getting to a place where I was starting to explore that. Yeah. Uh, prior to probably, but I think that was like the thing that ramped it up. Yeah, that really that really pushed it forward very quickly. Yeah. Um, I I always say this. Um, uh, and many of you who have had uh, peer support sessions with me around things, all things poly and ENM know, because I think I've basically said this to every one of you. Um, but I think poly, poly to me is always like a flashlight on our deepest wounds, and it really, it really is, and it forces self work, self awareness, and. Um, just a yeah a deep look inside um and also it forces empathy i think in a new way right because we have to learn to empathize with ourselves working through something that is so uh taught to us is not appropriate or okay you know stepping into non-monogamy um but also you know sometimes our partners are going to want to do something or feel pulled towards something that we don't personally understand and so flexing that empathy muscle is something that becomes really vital I think in the context of poly in like a whole new way yeah I, I think you kind of have to figure out the pieces that are well, what is what is uncomfortable versus painful you know and sometimes those bleed together often maybe yeah and it requires a lot of work individually and I think together to like sort that out yeah you said something a second ago that uh as podcast host number two like I want to, I want to, I want to like push on. Yeah, push mo it. Mo mostly because push it real good. Not not, not as a disagreement thing, but I, I think that you said something that gets tossed around a lot, and I think very rarely do people actually go, well, what the hell does that mean? What did I say? You said uh, something to the effect that uh, Polly really puts a flashlight on your wounds, and like you, you sort of touched on like like how that might happen. Yeah. But very rarely do I feel like that actually gets told to people. Like, what does that mean? Because that's like in all the literature is like it's going to shine a light on your insecurities and all this kind of stuff. But yeah. like, there's not like a particular like short statement of like why that happens. Why it happens or mm. how? Why and how? Yeah, because I think the how is a little harder to speak to on a global level because I think it's different for every person, right? Like. Because the insecurities that get brought up or bubble to the surface are going to be different depending on our unique stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I think anything, polyamory exists in the, in the category of, same as like kink or I'm trying to think of anything that would be considered pretty taboo that most people don't explore. Like it's not the norm, right? Um, when you step, your, step into a space like that, especially with no prior understanding of how it works or knowledge, um, you know, it's going to highlight, um, it's going to uh, be a breeding ground for more situations and circumstances that you don't have the tools for, right? Because you haven't been 
taught from a young age, like, this is how this goes. These are the, you know, you're, you're going in blind a lot of the time. And yeah, there's literature that you can read about polyamory and, and some podcasts and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, really, you learn by doing, right? And, and as you do, things are going to come up that you're not going to have a blueprint or a rule book around how to navigate through that with intention. And because of that, it can be really stormy, mm. you know, like internally stormy as we go through that. Um, and we all have different wounds, you know, from our past traumas, from uh, trust issues we might have or, you know, past relationships that may have fucked us over, um, you know, stuff with our, our familial life. There's, you know, so much in that space. And so those things get highlighted because because not only, you know, are we in, in spaces that we're unaware of, but also like um it's just like self-care for self-care on crack is how i always mm. see it like it's or self-awareness and like self-discovery on there's, there's also like a radical acceptance to those things that you have to get to too right like i think one of the interesting things is like you kind of just have to accept the unexpected and and like know that you're gonna like something's gonna go sideways at yeah. some point yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. i think something that we talked about really early on before we even officially opened up was just like trusting the journey and acknowledging that there were going to be a whole slew of things that we weren't going to be able to predict or know how we would react or want to feel or want to navigate and that we would just um, trust in our foundation and be able to work through it in the moment. And I think that served us in a lot of ways, and I think that was also hard <laughs> was in a lot of fucking naive. ways. Yeah, super naive in a lot of ways. But you know, I I think stepping into anything new, it you know, you're gonna have things that you didn't expect that you were gonna have to navigate. So, does that answer the question? No, I think so. The the part that I was um, really uh, hoping you would say was more on the like you're gonna be in experiences where you have no frame of reference. Yeah, and because you have no frame of reference. It's like you're going to try to search through all these things or you're going to be relating to all these things and it's going to dig up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So I think that's how I would describe it as well. But I, I feel like that sentiment gets thrown around a lot, but nobody ever really teases apart what that is. They just totally. use it as this piece to move on to the next part or whatever they're Totally, I agree. I had somebody that I was in a session with tell me that they've been doing therapy for like five, six years and poly for six months and they feel like they've learned more about themselves in the six months they've been doing poly because of poly than in their th entire therapy time, which I find really interesting. And I, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I think it's really important, but I will say that I agree. Like it, I've been doing like self work and self exploration work, like deep work for, you know, when did I start? Like three, four years before we started doing poly. And it was just like, okay, here we go. We're deep diving in the deep end. I didn't know this was a thing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you confront a lot of things when you talk about someone, especially like going from a monogamous couple in marriage to like, yeah. uh, to, you know, something polyamorous. But you, you have to confront a lot of things in the, my partner's going to fuck somebody else you know or space. is in love with somebody yeah. else um so i was kind of going maybe probably in order yeah like you know like you 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 confront that and it's like well once you really kind of work on that though it's really freeing in a certain sense because like once you've gotten through that then it's like okay the other stuff whether it's you know like trauma or therapy or like whatever the fuck it is yeah. like you've tackled this 
what society has already told you is this like crippling thing or yeah, life that you should feel so terribly thing. about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, if I can fuck with that, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> bring it on, words. therapist. Let's fucking go. <laughs> That's how I talk to my therapist. I'm sure she really appreciates that. Yeah, she loves it. Um, she loves my WWE voice. Okay, no, I'm just ignoring you. <laughs> Next one for me, um, I think, I think that truly the biggest thing that Polly has given me is, uh, a, uh, I'm trying to figure out the word I want to use here, like a renewed sense of autonomy and individualism. Um, and I say renewed because. While I think we've had at times codependent tendencies because, you know, we've been together for 10 years, overall I would say that our relationship has been pretty far from codependent. Like I think I was talking to somebody and they were like, how has it been, you know, in the last year, like, you know, being, you know, cooped up, you know, for, for so long with your husband? Like has it just been like a perpetuation of the way things were before and just you just spending more time? And I was like, Pulled out your no. whole murder plot for me? <laughs> I was like, no, this is like – Far, I think we've spent more time together in the last year than we have in our entire 10 years together, potentially. Well, certainly in, in like, consistent, like, congruent time, I mean, but... we uh, we were so independent prior to this, like, especially in the first five, six years of our relationship, like, really, really independent. Our schedules, from a work standpoint, were completely different. And, like, you would be, you know, you would be at work during the day and I would be working on some things during the day, but then usually at work, you know, in rehearsals at night. We'd be two ships passing in the night. Often we would, like, not even see each other at all. We'd have to really, really schedule time to be able to do that. Um, And on top of that, you know, a lot of our social lives, we weren't necessarily hanging out together with our friends. You know, you had your... Sometimes we Yeah, occasionally it would overlap, but... Often we were, you know, spending time with our friends individually. And, you know, I think I loved, I think we both loved that, you know, like loved having these separate lives that were also very, very deeply intertwined. Um, And yet, you know, you're with somebody for as long as we have been, you develop a pretty like intense attachment. And I think a lot of my sense of self was wrapped up in our relationship. A lot of my feeling like I would be okay was wrapped up in us instead of my own sense of self-worth, instead of my own um, knowledge of self. And so I think, you know, while in the mon- in monogamy we were always, like, in the space of, like, I choose you every day and it's a conscious choice. It's not just inherent because we're married. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Polly reminded us of that in a deeper way, certainly me in a deeper way of like, this is a choice, right? Every relationship we're in is a choice. And I'm not, I may not always have this human. I will, because I don't ever imagine you not being in my life, but like, I may not always have this human in my corner. Um, you know, and we've had some like harder patches where I've needed to take more of a, you know, uh, individual space, you know, and, and being able to trust myself um, has been huge, especially given a lot of my personal history, you know, where so little trust was rooted in myself. I feel like I used you a lot as a crutch and as a rock um, in, in a way that ha- wasn't necessarily healthy early on in our relationship because I was struggling so much with 
my eating disorder and my my mental health and and beyond so to me it's been a really beautiful um yeah like a really beautiful way to reassert and refine my my true autonomy and move from that space you know mm. so that's that's my next one what about you baby boo well i'm trying to think between we got um, yeah no we have a couple more right like i don't have to just yeah yeah you don't have to pick um so i think uh one thing is uh communication like i mean this maybe dovetails to the the feelings thing a little bit but like for example like you and i i thought we already had like really fabulous communication and now um, we communicate so differently than we did like a couple years ago yeah yeah and yeah. it's mostly better I think it's I think it's completely better. I think it's mostly better. Okay. I I I think well, hear me out for a second. Like we're both really strong, independent to use your your parlance from a moment ago, uh autonomous people and you know, like we still love each other very much. So mm-hmm. like sometimes those those characteristics get fiery, you know? Yeah, we we, uh, we are butt heads sometimes, humans, you yeah. know? And not that we Us? didn't do, no. Not that we didn't do that before, but I think uh, We did it in unhealthier ways before for sure. Yeah. But that for some reason, you know, maybe that felt healthier. I don't know. No, <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> um, but no, but I but I think now overall it's uh it's certainly improved and i think externally too um you know i think i i have spun up skills from dealing with you know the our growth um as a couple and then individually like i think putting that out into the world elsewhere whether that's friendships or new relationships or even stuff at work i feel like has been you know a material improvement for sure it's funny i was gonna say communication for sure too was was gonna be one of mine Mm -hmm. um like, I just think that you and I, especially, like, we we speak to each other now in the way that the other needs to hear it instead of the way that we think it should go. Um, you know, yes. like, it's very, very, um, it's very mindful. And we are also super aware of our patterns that have been harmful in the past. And um, we both do a really, really good job of catching those early on and giving... You know, I mean, the way that we argue, the way that we sift through things now is night and day different. And that's been such a gift. Um, and I honestly don't think – and we've also had to communicate about things that we never had to communicate about before. And so our capacity, I think, for being able to have really uh, challenging conversations at times, I think has been really great. Like, uh, it's been such a gift. So I'm right there with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had another one in my brain and then I got all up in the communication train in my, in my head. Um, do, 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 do. I don't remember what I was going to say. We wound up with another dog. <laughs> was that because of Polly? No. <laughs> oh, I do remember now. So as humans, you know, I think, uh, we are all wired for connection as something that's really really vital and important and also community in a way that uh we've kind of removed ourselves from in a lot of ways like uh the nuclear family has become the norm instead of like tribe living you know in that that type of of way of relying on other people for support when things are really hard and in a big way right a lot of people potentially and 
I also think that we are hardwired to want to feel loved and seen and supported. And I think that there's such a beautiful thing. And I don't think this is inherently necessary or only possible in poly. um, Because I definitely feel like I experienced this with friends pre-poly. But what I have found is the openness for connection and also like the way that I have been supported because of the humans that Polly has brought into my life has been different and in a way that I, I like like I truly thought that I was going to be spending my 30th birthday during the pandemic um, feeling really sorry for myself that it was going to be like a really shitty birthday and and that's not to say that I didn't have faith in you um, but I sounded a little bit no, like you didn't have no, faith in me to pull it, it off. It's because I, what I what I love about birthdays and really any celebration is the connection piece. It's celebrating it with people that you love and getting to have people in my corner who are part of our pod and it just was it was so special to me, you know. And also having the ability and opportunity to feel loved and seen in different ways by different people in my life um different partners like that has been it's allowed me to see myself in new light you know and it's also been a deep reminder for somebody who's really struggled in the past to love themselves that I am worthy of loving and even if those relationships don't last you know for whatever reason um the way that I have been loved in those times like I I used to think that there was no way that anyone could love me like other than you like I really really felt that for a long time and having you're so cute right now holding my hand but having you know multiple humans in the last few years like I know that I have been loved and seen and really reveled in you know and I know that I will continue to meet people who will love and see me and revel in me and that um it's a gift I honestly like did not know I needed until I had it so that's been a big one for me yeah it's hard to go after that when I'm sorry (laughs) no you're good um I think that um so I you know I I think you, the proverbial you, often takes on not in a, not in like a chameleon way, but just like what what's cool in a moment, right? That's kind of who you who you are, right? Like you you and I are like into board games, but not everybody we hang out with are you know yeah. into board games. So like we have this thing, you know, like we like playing board games, and I think you know in ten years you get into like a, habits. Habits and like this, not in a, this is going to sound really negative, but I don't mean it as negatively as it sounds, but like you get into this narrow self image of like things or yeah. interests or whatever. Yeah. And so I think it is, um, it's allowed for a lot of exploration into previously enjoyed or loved things or, uh, entirely new ones. Yeah. You know, like I feel like I, I've always been kind of a, a, a closeted nerd, um, but you know, I like I have a partner now who's like into really nerdy shit, like nerdier shit than I'm in. Like, <laughs> I didn't know there was that much nerdy shit. Yeah, uh, and I didn't uh, either. 
you know, it's really cool to explore that yeah. uh, and be encouraged in my own nerdiness there. Yeah. And, and not to say that you, like, you were discouraging in that, but it just wasn't your bag. So totally. it wasn't something that you would, like, jump in and be yeah. like, bro, buy more Gundam models. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Know? Totally. Well, I, I resonate with that because I'm, I'm dating somebody right now who is super, uh, like, active and outdoorsy. And I remember... You are? Yes. <laughs> and I remember... <laughs> You're such a shit. I remember, you know, early on in our relationship, really trying and, like, pushing you in, like, probably not a great way to be more active, like, to work out with me. And, like, we go on hikes and, like, that's a big part of our, our relationship. But, like... To get you to work out with me is pretty rare, and it's not something that you particularly enjoy or want to do and make time for. And I, pu- I would, running. I would push you on that a lot. And you know, again, it's like you in monogamy. You know, it's this concept that like our partner has to have all the things we want. You know, and check this box off. I remember like so many friends that I had had these like arbitrary lists of things that they needed their partner to be and you know like the reality is is that no one person is going to be able to do all of those things right and whether you operate in a monogamous framework or polyamorous framework that's why we have friends or other partners or beyond and and yeah I like never until recently like I I haven't really dated somebody who's super active um and I'm really excited about that prospect, like the idea of like working out with a partner or, you know, like having that be like a cornerstone of, of our relationship or potential relationship, like is pretty, is pretty exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? Because I'm trying to figure out who this is. You know who it is. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good one. Hmm. Was that you that, that just went me, yeah. and i was i piggybacked off of it mm-hmm. okay um yeah i think like going off of that too you know again like you get really accustomed to another person and the dynamic between you and another person and i think for me it's also been really expansive from like a sexual standpoint of like these are the i think both in with other people but also in relation to our relationship like I think it's really opened the door to a lot of like really exciting things that I don't think I personally felt ready to tackle or navigate um for a slew of reasons um and also like we've gotten to have some like experiences together that we hadn't had before that has been really exciting um but it's also you know there's it's allowed variety from a sexual standpoint which I think is great and I really love so to me like that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Plus one. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like I can comment more without, like, you know, this podcast getting kicked out of iTunes. No, no, no. Yeah, the shit's getting kinky up in here, and it's great. So that's what I was trying to avoid saying. Why? Because they didn't want to get you kicked out of iTunes. They won't kick me out. Who knows? No, they won't kick me out. Um, sex, 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 sex. And that's how the podcast got kicked out of iTunes. After three years. Um, no, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, We've hit a lot of the big ones. Yeah, I, I think we have. Like, I do think that, like, that I feel like all mine start off sounding, like, negative, and then there's, like, this positive <laughs> flip to it. But, no, I, I think it's encouraged me to be skeptical 
uh, and by this I mean like things I thought I liked. Maybe I have I don't really like. Maybe I was just like going along with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is like the way that you phrased autonomy things, but um, but it's also like I'll open the door for where, like other exploration of things, like different types of people or yeah, uh, you know, entirely different experiences. Yeah. Um, stuff that I'd never thought I, you know. I mean, here's a really, like, um, you know, PG thing. Like, I went to a comic book convention. Like, I, yeah, I'm a nerd, and I never thought about doing that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it, it yeah, I became skeptical about, like, why didn't I ever do that before? Because I fucking like comic books and video games and shit. I wouldn't, like, it's interesting you use the word skeptical. I would use it that, I would flip it and say from what you're, I'm hearing from you, it's more, like, curious and inquisitive. Like, why... Why? why asking yourself more why questions about yourself yeah but that to me that's i am skeptical of my own like bias or assumption about things like why interesting i would frame that as curiosity hmm. interesting yeah. our difference in verbiage interesting yes well, just, so i mm, i want to know why you think it's curious as opposed to like i have this thing and i'm questioning whether or not it is still uh what i thought it was to me that's skepticism not curiosity. So I had this belief, and now I'm questioning it. Yeah, but that you're but you're curious about why that's changing, right? You're you're di- di- well, digging deeper. Sure, that. but the, the skepticism allows this podcast is changing. Is now going down a different and path. This, this is how all the fights. This is how philosophy you know? started. <laughs> oh my god, too funny. Okay, should we do one more? Sure. Be, yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yep, yeah. Uh, uh, honestly, you know, I think I think Polly has definitely had its moments of of challenge and and hard stuff for sure. Um you know, but I think on the whole for me at least it has been such a such a coming home, you know, and such a beautiful um step in my journey and in our journey, um, you know, and I think the hardest thing for me and also the most important thing for me has been the constant reminder that it gives to always, always, always trust in and also allow for evolution and growth and change. And, you know, I think as humans – we get really comfortable in a certain dynamic or environment or whatever and we stick to that we create assumptions and expectations and um rules and whole lives around comfort and i mean i could get into the neuroscience of this because i'm a super nerd about it but it's like our brains like to stay comfortable you know and that's why stepping into poly can be a big upset in a lot of ways because we're breaking the comfort we're breaking the pattern of comfort and we are opening the door to uh trusting in growth and change and not just that it changes once but that it has the potential to continuously evolve which is why communication is so important because then we can you know, continue to show up together with, through through all the, of those changes. But as somebody who, as an individual, feels very, very stunted by sameness and rigidity, you know, it has given me. It has been a beautiful reminder 
of the value of growth and of perpetual growth and of constantly checking in with myself and seeing the positive and change instead of holding on so tightly to what was like a past version of myself or a past important uh, dynamic that I was clutching onto because it gave me some, you know, false sense of security. So I think that's been probably the biggest thing for me mm. in the whole, whole day, whole time. That's it. Almost two years of poly, and that was uh, that was number one. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. All right, round it out for us. I don't know that I can beat that. You don't have to beat it. Well, so I didn't mean to sound competitive. I mean, <laughs> beat I, that I just, shit. I don't. I don't know that I could come up with something better to end it mm. on. Um, all right. Okay. Um. Well, what would your advice be to somebody who is? Newer in the poly space. Um, and give them some positive reinforcement. I just grimaced. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Sit with it. Because, uh, and by that I mean don't. Don't feel any to rush. Yeah. Yeah, go t- slow. T- take a second and get your bearings. can be a really hard thing to do because it's very exciting. Yes. At the beginning. Um but allow yourself to move through it slowly. Yeah. Thanks for giving my quote there. You're welcome. Glad I could set you up to finish it out. <laughs> That's it. You had nothing else to say on the phone? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would probably be my one of my biggest things, too, is, you know, give yourself the gift of patience and of slowness. And also make sure that you take some time. If you are an individual stepping into poly to really get clear on what's important to you, your values and the boundaries that you have in relation to, you know, how you want to interact with people, what's important to you, that kind of stuff. And if you're entering into it with, you know, in the context of, of, of being in a couple that you are have a lot of conversations about agreements, you know, and those will sh- those will change. Do you give out that uh, that medium article that gets passed around on disentanglement? No, but I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, that. That's a really interesting one, I, especially I think for people who, couples who were not as already independent as we were. Yeah. Like, well, cause that one talks about um, actually scheduling time apart from each other, as if like. Oh wow. Yeah, it's like for some pretty heavy codependence. Codependence. But yeah. but but I think when you look at like a lot of, you know, other more quote normal in quote relationships, like yeah. I think you wind up with that. Yeah, people a lot. spend a lot of time together yeah. for sure. Yeah, and getting accustomed to that. Yeah. I love that. We'll definitely link that in the show notes. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us on this series. It's been super fun. Talking to me or the audience? I was talking to everybody. Mm. Um, but it's always fun having you on the podcast, and I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you. I await my uh, offer for uh, residency as co-host. And what have you decided? You, you've decided to part ways? <laughs> no, I just uh, – this is it. This was my run, Yeah, this right? was all you were allotted in the contract. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll have you on for some guest spots in the future. But, yeah, this is uh, – this is my shit. This, yeah. is, this is my home. But I appreciate you entering it for the last month. Yeah. yeah. 
Let's go uh, put face masks on and watch The Bachelor. Yeah, that's 100% what we're about to do. All right. Um, love you guys. Um, again, if you are, you know, A&M or Polly and are just needing some support, um, I'm, I've opened up peer sessions, um, so you can book those. Um, there's the link in the show notes. And also, if you just go to my TikTok or Instagram to my link tree, you can snag a 30-minute or 60-minute session. I've been having a bunch of them with you, and it's been so beautiful to get to know you all. Um, and as always, um, there are two – well, a little less than two weeks left for um, signing up and enrolling for my School of Fears, Feels, and Fucks. So a lot of you have been interested. Make sure you don't miss out on the enrollment. You can check that all out in the show notes. And until next week – See you on the flip side. You want to do the last one with me? Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, my Bye-bye. God. Bye-bye. <laughs>